Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, we are recording. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it took a little while for the for the for the uh, the uh, television uh, to start recording. Hello everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here. Welcome to another live recorded show that's unedited and uncut, brought to you the way it's brought to you um, of Enlightened Conversations. I have a, a lovely guest with me today that I'm really looking forward to getting to know. Uh, her name is Lee Rourke and she lives on the Sunshine Coast, uh, I think a little bit further up than me, but it's kind of cool that we both live in the same area and I'm looking forward to getting to know her more and what she's about, what she's doing and uh, how she's helping the planet. Just for a little bit about Lee, she's a, a spiritual transformational coach and she specialised in the past, she specialised in leadership. She's a speaker, she's a trainer, she's trained in occupational therapy and kinesiology and at the current time, she really loves working with women that are going through spiritual upgrades. I love that. I love that, spiritual upgrades, um, and helping them with their emotional and spiritual shifting and helping them break free of all the programs of the past and really coming into themselves as a person. So welcome, Lee Rob. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How fun. I love having enlightened conversations. So thank you for inviting me today. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. it's, it's kind of one of those things that we're doing all the time. And sometimes don't you wish that you could just capture it, that, that gold nugget of a moment when you're having it with one of your clients or, or even a girlfriend or a co-worker, a colleague and out there and think, oh my God, if only people could just tune into this and they just, ah, would rock their world kind of thing. Because there's just so many amazing conversations that are, that I wish I could press the record button. <laughs> and, you know, because as you know, it's, it's often kind of coming through you and, so it's not, it mightn't even be something you've even thought of before or you might have trouble remembering it after. So it's great we're recording today. So hopefully we get some of those, those things that come through. Yeah, we yeah. might even be able to watch it again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I yeah. must admit, like, I watch myself back and I often go, wow, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it. It's just because spirit, you're not in your own way and spirit is coming through yeah. and... Yeah. And you get to appreciate it as a person sitting back and relaxing and just going, wow, okay. Um, I've had to do that, actually. I haven't had a lot of time to watch all the episodes, but I've, I've actually had to do it when I'm making the little trailers. And I'll go in there and I really want to make the trailer, which I've just started to do, two minutes worth. And you're listening to it and you're just going, oh, wow, that, that just hit me. Like, I, I felt that. And it's, mm. it's cool that... Um, you know, often when we're sitting down having a conversation that is coming from that place of love and acceptance and uh, non-judgmental atmosphere and things like that, often we do have those moments where we just feel they're just so powerful. They just hit us right, right in our heart space and you can literally feel like your heart expanding as you're talking or if someone else is talking and you're feeling it. And yeah. uh, it's kind of cool that we get to capture that so that other people can feel that that expansion as well as we're feeling it I'm sure yeah yeah absolutely and I think maybe that's one of the reasons I became a coach was to have more of those experiences and more of those conversations while while I have friends and and it feels like to me the network of um, people that have those deep conversations is getting bigger and bigger over time when I started those conversations felt like really rare things and very precious things um, and that when I'm coaching somebody sometimes I will something will come through that applies to me as well. So while it's about the other client, I get the gift that they get as well at the same time. So it's probably, it's definitely a pro of being a coach or working as a healer or if that's what you do, you know, you get, you get the benefit as well. So it's, yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, so you worked in a, as a, how did it all start for you? Did you work as an occupational therapist or as a, as a first sort of, beginning yeah and I'm still I'm still a registered occupational therapist it's something I've kept up but I worked in I think when I was drawn to occupational therapy there was this concept it was a holistic profession I probably wouldn't agree with that 
these days. But it did lead me into lots of different environments where I felt like I was just educating myself on what health and wellness and well-being was and, and what it took to change, whether that was behaviourally or physically or emotionally. And so I worked in physical rehab and um, I worked in paediatrics, I worked in mental health, I worked in palliative care, so I worked in a hospice, I worked in chronic pain. And then I worked in corporate health for a while and that's where I probably became a bit more passionate about the leadership side of things. And then I started my own private practice as an occupational therapist, but by this time I'd studied lots of things, NLP, Reiki, um, and mainly kinesiology. So people were coming to me as a kinesiologist and getting, I guess, I was working a lot with stressed execs at the time and they liked the fact I had a legitimate, in their eyes, occupation behind it. So they could get, I guess, the benefit of both of those worlds, but they were coming primarily for the kinesiology and the energy work and the strategies that I would give them when they left the room. Um, so, and then over time that morphed because I didn't want to be a healer. I didn't want to be healing other people. I wanted them to know that they were doing the healing, which is always what happens anyway. Um, I wanted them to know that they were doing the healing and take more responsibility as part of that relationship. And so I morphed into this concept of being a coach before I even studied it. And then I went and studied it. So I still use the muscle tests in kinesiology, particularly when there's something energetic happening um, or there's, there's, we need more information or the coaching has lost track or I'm constantly muscle testing as people are talking. Um, but the coaching, um, I guess, arrangement suits me better and that the client is coming with a problem taking full responsibility as part of the presupposition of what that relationship's like. Yeah. So I'm really big on that is that, you know, for want of a better word, there's no such thing as healing someone else, you know. Um, yeah. It's about restoring to wholeness um, ourselves. Yes. And we attract yeah. the resources for that. Sometimes we need a bit more help than at other times, like if we have yeah. we need to have surgery or, um, yeah. you know, you know that there's no right or wrong about how much help we get. But the, the, the reality is, is that I, I feel like as a vibrational frequency, we're either ready for that help or we're not, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, sometimes we need to sit back and just receive a massage, but at the end yeah. of the day, we yeah. have that massage that day. Um, yeah. We're the ones that said, I really need to fill my cup up with some higher vibrational frequencies. And, we're, you know, but I think the more... Yeah, so it's about that intention that sits behind that, isn't it? Like, you know, if I go get a massage and I'm going, okay, I'm responsible for my self-care and my self-love. And so as part of that, I'm going to get a massage. Or if it's I go to a massage and I'm like, you need to make me feel better. There'll be a different energy exchange and there'll be a different quality in the level of what I find the practitioner that you'll attract. So, you know... You won't see, you won't even be on the radar screen with that healer that probably would be able to completely nurture you if you're deferring responsibility for that. So it's, it's interesting to me who I attract at different points in my life because that's always a mirror of me. And as clients, but also as relationships, as friends, as, as whatever level. And I do a lot of shadow work in the work I do um, personally and with my clients because to me it's all this wonderful opportunity to show you what's going on within you so yeah so that's one of the things I'm passionate about when I work with clients but when they come it'll be just what they need as you know you know you respond whether you consider that from spirit or from their higher self to your higher self you respond to what they need in the moment and in in that space yeah yeah. I, I actually think that spirit, higher self, resources, angels, whatever you want to call it, um, that there's, they're all conspiring to help us. Um, I think I heard, heard someone say that once or they wrote it, that what if the whole world was conspiring to help you? And I thought, oh, well, I like that. Mm. I actually feel that. It's, it's like at any given moment in time, we'll get the nudge that we need in the direction we need it. And it may well be pushing away from where we think we need to go, or it may be um, helping us to look, look like look look at it from a shadow point of view, so yeah. that we get 
understanding, a deeper understanding of ourselves so that we can free ourselves perhaps from a outmoded belief like you work with um, and yes. step into a, that deeper connection with our wholeness. Our, but, yeah, I'm, I'm all for not pushing things away. I'm, I'm all for, like, let's reclaim that part of me back. That, let, let's reclaim that part of me back. Uh, how can yes. they help me? They're all here to help me. So if I haven't found... If I haven't found how they can help me, then that's my job. That's my job. That's my job. I need to find it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said there because, you know, there's, there's two aspects. You know, it's like the general path is, our, is evolution. It is forward movement. And the whole of the universe is conspiring for that. And, and so whenever we're in resistance to what is showing up for us, it's actually there to help us. You know, you know even if it is painful, it's there to help you. Even if it's about recognising that, you know, that belief or that, that feeling or, or that shadow or whatever, it's all conspiring to help you. I truly, truly believe that. But then you've said at the same time the responsibility for that sits with me. If I'm not getting what I need, seeking that sits with me. Um, asking the right questions sits with me or um, receiving it even sits with me. I think a lot of people um, have so much support available to them, but they're just not receiving it, uh, whether that's because they're not listening to their intuition or to the little, or they're not noticing the repetitive signs that are showing up for them or people have been blunt and told them and they're refusing to hear. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, so I think a lot of times we get in our own way, basically, of that support. It could be a whole lot easier than we're making it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, talking about that, I, well, something jumped out at me. I know this is a, might sound a bit off topic, but it's not. Um, at the end of last year, I saw an advertisement to go to this event that you were asking for... A, who wants to come on a bus from North Lakes to some event in Brisbane? And it looked like a whole lot of fun. And I was like, I want to go. But then I, I just had, I think I had a trip to Sydney or something at the same time. I can't remember. There was something that was like, but um, yeah, it's, it's like things call you to, you know, things call you and then they come back around. And so if I hadn't listened to that, just to say, mention it, I would have probably missed out on an, on the next one or pe people listening if they're around this area. Um, can you tell me more about what that was about? Because I know it didn't actually stick. Like I, I went, I really want to go, but then I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you do get a second opportunity. It's not like you do have to panic, you know. Like I think, you know, it's funny because I um, remember one of, um, one, of, one of the boyfriends I met actually, I had this... Um, intuition I'd seen him on Facebook and I actually saw him in a coffee shop and I was like you've got to go back in there and I went back in there and circumstances just didn't make it easy and I had this thought if I meant to meet him again I will run into him again and and that's exactly what happened so while I'm not a fan of throwing your opportunities away um, I also think that at times things will keep coming around until if you need to hear it, until you need to hear it or you need to see that or meet that person or read that book. Like I think there's been books people have told me about, you know, they three times people have told me in a week and I've forgotten about it for a while and then, oh, a month later, okay, there's that book and now I really need that, <laughs> that information there. So, you know, we're not perfect. No. What was the thing that you sent an invitation out to? Is that something that happens every year or do you have different oh, things? With the, with, oh, I think you might, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about actually. I think that might be related to um, a group that I was involved in um, that, yeah, that have a heap of um, events and they were running their Christmas party down in Brisbane. I think oh, that might be it. Gotcha. So I will, I'll link you up with them. Cool. No <laughs> for those people. Curious about it. Um, yeah. I, I, I do love, I, I do love to celebrate and have parties and, and. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit of a yeah, yeah. fun person. But I wouldn't say I, I, uh, I wouldn't say party hard, like, as in always having to socialise. Yeah. In fact, I would, I went to two networking events last year. And they were towards the end of the year because I felt like I was networking all the time globally online. So for me, it felt like I was having genuine transactions with people. Yes. Um, 
through like Worker Advocate magazine, um, people that I'd never met uh, would contact me and I was having these conversations with them and really, they're really interesting and amazing people and just like the variance of what everybody's doing just absolutely, I think that's why I'm doing the job I'm doing actually because I absolutely, I mean, or I just want to, you know, do this when, when I see people doing their spirituality connection, divine purpose their way expression of it i i absolutely adore it and i love it and it really makes me feel uh i guess where i really come from is my belief in the human race to us all for us all to be able to do that so i'm really an advocate for the human race the light worker advocate for the human race if that makes sense like inside every human being is a light worker whether they whether they realize it or not and so seeing the expression of that really makes me feel extreme amounts of joy and happiness. So, yeah. And I think um, I think some of that positivity can get a little bit lacking. Sorry, someone's ringing me and I've got iMessage. Um, I think that some of that positivity can get a little lacking, I guess, particularly around, around that inherent, you know, belief we have in our ability to evolve considering you know, planetary events. But for me, that is actually the only way, like there actually isn't a going backwards. Somebody, somebody wrote recently that, you know, um, you can, you know, if you do this, this and this, you can devolve. And I was like, can you devolve? You might hit a point of stagnancy, but are you actually able to devolve? I don't actually believe as a race, we, we are capable of devolving. Um, you know, you you know, I just don't think we are. I think we're on a ascension journey or whatever you want to call it, whatever language you want to call it. And so I, I love that you believe in human beings because I think that's a lot of what coaching or healers do is they actually just create a space of belief in the other person, in the other person's ability to heal or change or to have what they want. And that belief that you hold for them gives them the ability to start to go, oh, wow maybe I can believe that as well or make this shift because this space has been held of belief for the other person. And I think it's that simple. You know, I mean, there are a whole heap of techniques that sit behind what I do and what a whole lot of healers do. But if in the essence, if I just held space for people in terms of totally believing in them and coming from my heart space, there will be a shift. So, you know, so that's, you don't need to be a coach or a healer to do that. You can do that through what you're doing with these conversations or through just meeting somebody, a stranger on the street. You know, one of my dearest friends, you know, she wouldn't consider herself a healer at all, but she just shifts people without even realising it through who she, who she sees them as and how she interacts with them. And, and so I think we can get a little maybe spiritually arrogant about the common person who, you know, friend of mine juggle, we joke, we call them muggles, you know, that they don't have the language of magic that we have, but it doesn't mean that they're not contributing positively to the human race. If, if they're the kind of person that makes, that brings their life in their day to day interactions, whether that's, yeah, no matter what they do. So, I reckon the the shittiest person in the room is probably the biggest catalyst for your enlightenment. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) I was just talking to a friend today. He came over for a a quick cup of tea. And um, I have had two triggering instances in the last maybe three days that have come out of the blue. Um, You know, and, and it was like, well, what is this? what's the gift in this and what's this giving me and was really clear and it was around um it's a sidebar but it was around really developing my own divine masculine within myself um because they were males and they were giving me their masculine and, and i didn't hold the boundary because my divine masculine needs to grow up a little so everything is is conspiring for your success that's kind of what we were talking about you know everything is trying to bring that to you but but my human self was like can you guys just leave me alone like i was traveling along all right you know spiritual self and it's cool to have both of those realities occurring at once like yes that's true leave me alone um and then another aspect is this is is perfect it's perfect for what i need right Oh, absolutely. And 
you know, like maybe it's also juiced for this conversation too because I, I find when things happen, um, yeah. they often happen just before a show or the morning of a show or around a show or whatever. And it's like, wow, okay. And, and now it's, it's like, oh, I kind of get used to it. Okay, so this is something we need to speak to. It's, it's kind of like finding the gift before needing to extrapolate it. In, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll know when we're talking about it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. it'll, yeah. it'll unravel itself um, as we're talking about it. Um, I, uh, I had, I, you know, the thing that came through, though, like about your energy, I must say, like, from the beginning of not just pressing record, but just your energy coming through was, wow, she's in masculine. And how cool is that? Um, so whatever's happened, whatever you've been integrating, um, from those two experiences, yeah. I feel it and I feel that's awesome. So, yeah. so man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rebalancing process happened because I think like a lot of women in our society, sadly, we value the masculine in its in its external form above the feminine in some ways, you know, our society does. It values the doers and the leaders over the supporters and the receivers. And so it's just, it's for me, as when I was younger, I had the alignment with the masculine too, because I had a father that I really aligned with mentally. And so my mental self was aligned with that. So, but about two or three years ago, I had the death of a soulmate and, and we'd been partners, but he was just a friend at that point. But it was a massive soul shock for me and it rocked my world. And the grief threw me into my feminine in a really positive way. And so I've spent maybe the maybe last 18 months, two years growing the divine feminine part of myself. And then in the last little while, it's like, no, there's some adjustment here now too. The, the masculine needs to come in more. So there's more balance. Um, the divine masculine, which for me, the divine masculine right now is sitting around the issues of boundaries, you know, of energetic boundaries, not just verbal boundaries, but energetic boundaries and, and the sacredness of that, you know, that real kind of, you're in my face, no, there. So, and leaving it there. And, and, and these triggers have been quite subtle, like it's not been an attack. You know, but because I'm so energetically sensitive, um, that's such a gift. It's such a gift, but at times that has been a massive challenge because I can be really energetically flawed, having trouble getting off my bed when, when, I, when I go down with something. So I have to completely keep myself energetically maintained and look at what's going on in myself and that's then fed all the stuff I can teach others. So your greatest challenge is your greatest gift. For me, my greatest challenge has been my sensitivity. So I do this exercise that I'll share with all your viewers because it's really simple. And I go, how full am I today? And you can shut your eyes. You can imagine yourself as a beautiful vase or something or a vessel and you go, how full am I? And so as I do that, I might see it in my body up to, you know, my chest or my stomach or I might get a percent. You know, sometimes I get, I'm um, like 73 percent. And so as I ask, how full am I? And then I notice where I'm at and no judgment around that, but I'll ask, is there any drains or cracks or taps that I've left on? And then I notice if there's, um, taps are often going, you've, you're focusing on a story around a situation. Cracks are quite often trauma or emotional things to heal. And drains are, um, can be um, energetic issues or um, a combination of both. And so what I'll do is I just notice where the energy's going to. If there's a crack or a drain, I just notice where it's going to. I just observe where the energy's going to. If I follow it like I'm following water to a stream, I might see it's going to a person or a situation. And then from there, I'll go, okay, I, there might be something I can do energetically to shift that or maybe awareness is enough because the power of awareness is enough sometimes to, to, for that to start the process of self-healing. And then I'll ask what will fill me up today or right now. 
and sometimes it's as simple as a glass of water or it's as, as uh, big as, you know, embarking on new level of study or something. It could be small or huge. So I, as I do that process and I do it whenever I feel low in energy. And so that's how I discovered that these triggers, which were really subtle, were draining my energy and and it was and it's that subtlety around boundaries that i'm learning and integrating right now um and you know so it's it's that's an exercise that it's so simple but my clients will that do it regularly and religiously get a lot of benefit out of it and i used to do it before every session with the client just to make sure i was tip top you know, that I'm, because what I find is that for me, when you're about maybe 75%, you can probably give without too much energy depletion. But if you give from a place of depletion, you'll probably, Michelle, you'll probably pull your best performance out. Like if you were doing one of these sessions, uh, feeling energetically depleted, you probably still give your all. But at the end of this conversation, you might walk away feeling even more depleted because you've started from a place of, of not being, not self-care and self-love effectively. So it's, for me, it comes back to that. It, when I was business coaching people and um, it always comes back to kind of that concept of self-care first. And I'm sure you've had heaps of conversations on these enlightened conversations around self-care and self-love because you can't grow a business if that's not taken care of. Particularly I find for women who are maybe in their feminine or energetically sensitive. You can't get away with burning the candle for too long before some something spins off. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And my business just doesn't grow unless my self-care's there. Um, yeah. But that's just my, some people's businesses do, but mine just doesn't. That's, I know that's the way it yeah. works. And I think that's great boundaries because the, it, the divine yeah. masculine is, is definitely around protection. So if we're leaking energy, then... Yeah. We're not actually protecting ourselves to contain our energy that we actually need. And if we're actually filling ourselves up and we've got leakiness happening, then it will just drain out, you know, it will just yes. drain out. And then we'll make yeah. ourselves the mother of everybody else instead of mothering ourselves and or yeah. the father of everybody else going hell-bent on protecting them and their energy instead of taking care of our own as well. And so yeah. I think it's really great to have those boundaries. And when I wrote the book, The Everyday Lightworker Bible, um, I guess, well, my, the 12 principles that I focus on in that are vibrational frequencies. And for me, a lot of the little activities, which are very short, but that they came through uh, on those, you know, aligning, aligner principle, 12 principles with eight chakras. So I've used these as well. So eight chakras. And a lot of those activities would involve um, filling up with the vibrational frequency. So if you're not sure, like if people listening to this are not sure, well, what, what do I need? I mean, it could be an action because actions actually fill us up because self-love in action yeah. is so clear, is actually yeah. actual steps that we take. Um, or it yeah. could be actually calling on a vibration such as love or joy or peace or uh, faith yeah. or unity or something that we feel that we need more of. Um, sometimes it might be discipline. That's one of my principles that you need to call on that which is very, very much the divine masculine as well, because that helps us keep our boundaries yeah. and our integrity. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the time we can't love ourselves unless we have a certain level of self-discipline on board because we just simply won't follow through with what we know we... Yeah, well, we can't bring the creation, which might be from a feminine space, into the world without that discipline. Yeah, exactly. so that's how they work together. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm yeah. really on that. I feel like um, there's so many... Um, if people are at a loss as to options, because sometimes, I mean, people probably that you see aren't that lost, but there might be some people who are quite lost and they may need to feel like, well, if I check in with myself, how full am I perhaps? Um, they might feel energetically that they are totally full, but it's full of crap. You know, like they've taken, like with boundaries, like they've taken on other people's shit <laughs> with yeah. that, you know, and, and that's what they're actually full. Of. And you hear people say this, so I'm just, I'm just... I'm just, you know, I've had enough. I'm, 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 I'm full up. I'm fed up. You know, I've had it. Um, and it's like you've gotten to that point where you just, you, you actually need to have a boundary for yourself and step back and do something with that so that you can let go of all yeah. that. Because yeah. the stuff that we hold on to as well is a boundary issue, I feel, as well. Like if we're taking yeah. someone else's energy, 
that's actually toxic and then it, yeah. it breeds it, it, it starts to um, become uh, physic physiologically a breeding ground for things like tumors and cancer yeah. and all those as well and and you know i think that the discernment that over the people who are over givers or over receivers in that case of other people's stuff um need to be aware of and i've learned this from experience is that they're not serving the other person by taking on the stuff so it won't be effective anyway rarely well it's impossible for the other person to change until they sit with the responsibility of the fullness of their energy so you you know you do see this a lot with parents or with partners that they'll take on their partner's stuff and then they're so frustrated that the other person won't change and i'm like well until you have given back their stuff and set boundaries around what honors you the person actually doesn't have an opportunity to change. You're, you're keeping them stuck in that pattern. So what we think is helping is actually completely frustrating what might be our desire, um, which might be the other person to change. So it, that's where the ultimate responsibility always sits. You know, it's like, well, I just deal with me and, and, and communicate with respect to you around if I've got an issue here, but the issue, I always look to me first in relationships now. I've learnt to go, okay, well, is this mine? Is this my stuff first? And then look at, at do I need to communicate or express something here? But, the, you know, the boundaries are, uh, sit with me. And it never serves to take on other people's stuff. But it's something we learn. It's a very common pattern I see in the women I see. It's pretty much universal. It's universal almost. It really is, isn't it? And I, I yeah. you know what? Because the, the, in my early days of eating recovery, uh, recovery from my eating disorder and I, I realized a lot of the reasons why I was overeating and had a lot of my perfectionism issues and things like that was because I didn't feel good enough but also it was reinforced in a relationship that I that I felt um I didn't realize at the time that I was acting out um all those rescuing behaviors and things like that and the person drank quite a bit so I was trying to stop them to drink so you know I'd go to Al-Anon and they'd say you know get off their back get out of their way and get on with your life and but I ended up staying with that person like for four and a half years but in the the second half of the, the four and a half years, I was working my ass off in my own recovery. And so I wasn't actually looking at their behavior. I was looking at what was triggered in me. And yeah. doing that, I believe this is what I've taken from that, even though that person chose to stay where they were, I completely yeah. outgrew the relationship. And I, I could easily leave a relationship that I could never have like, really left yeah. without yeah. us, you know, um, feeling like it was too hard you know yeah. um so so that work on myself really helped me to get it that if i own my one percent or my ten percent or maybe my thirty percent of what just happened yeah then then change is is inevitable whether that person changes is none of my business but change yeah and change and you know and, and look, I've, it's interesting what you're attracted isn't it? Because I've certainly had that same similar experience and, and um, you know, it's never easy to leave a long-term relationship and particularly when you're married or whatever. And, and for ages, I was so focused on my ex-husband and what he was doing wrong. It wasn't until I took some responsibility that you can actually create that clarity around what's really going on in the relationship. And and have the ability, it was like our issues were so enmeshed that I needed to separate them out. And then it's his choice, like he said, to grow or not to grow. And what I found is that it doesn't have to end that way, is that I found that with some of my clients, one client's coming to mind in particular that I'm working with at the moment, her partner has had a complete transformation and she has not said a single thing to him. All she's done is work on her own childhood wounds, on clearing her own stuff, on her own boundaries, on dropping the responsibility that she's been taking for everyone her whole life. That's pretty much all we did at the start, the first three sessions, and he had a complete shift. He's a different man in the way he treats her. And so it's, you know, a man who loves a woman doesn't want to lose her. And when she pulls out her stuff and she ups her vibration, then quite often they up their, up their game and their act. And they often feel freer because now their stuff is not a mesh. 
And so they don't have all that rebellion, childish behaviour that you see um, some men do because their freedom's been restricted because the masculine loves freedom. So, sorry, I've just got to shut the door that got open. Hold on. Because um, the noise is too much. So, you know, so this is this kind of... Yeah. So, so this... Yes, boundaries, exactly. You know, shut the door. And, yeah, and you've got to be prepared. I think the fear is amongst the women that I've been working with, and it's the same for men that are in the same situation, but the fear is of losing the partner. Yeah. And, and so they won't do the work. But the reality is that the work is going to give, if your relationship's got a chance of surviving, it's the work that you do on yourself that's going to save it. You know, so... And lift it. She's amazed. She comes and she goes, do you know what he did? He did this and he did this. And I'm like, I love this. We didn't have to say a word to him. And, and there are other times where I will teach. Um, I've done a relationship coaching course. I'm not a relationship coach, but I did it because for personally, um, but it's from the heart IQ system, which is really about how to communicate from the heart, from a heart-centered space, whilst taking full responsibility and I love it I love the language they use um, but you know I will show my clients some of these tools and I'll teach them if they need them um, but she hasn't even needed that with him he's just upped his game and she's healed her stuff and and dropped the responsibility um, and it, it's so exciting for me to see um, women do this because their whole lives have sometimes been enmeshed in that role of mother, of wife, of giver, of carer. And that is genuinely who part of them is. But when it's a, a response, when it's a taken on role from childhood, it becomes their own cage. You know, their, their masculine isn't free. Their feminine doesn't flow because they're not doing the things that nurture them. They're not following their purpose and their passions and that could be being a mother but they're not doing it with freedom they're not doing it from free will and free choice on a deep level so you know so things might necessarily have to change on the external but when they when you drop the responsibility for everybody else's stuff be that your kid or your husband or your boss or your, your best friend or whatever um the other person is free to grow and you're free to be yourself and, and, and you can fit. yeah yeah i was gonna say like um the thing that keeps repeating on me is um that sometimes uh, when, when when we detach with love and we just focus on what we got to do to take care of ourselves it can trigger off abandonment feelings in other people um mm, initially okay. and they yeah. feel like oh you don't care about me you know, because we're yeah. not responding to the, the perhaps the, the 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 things that we used to respond to, where we just jump in and oh, make yeah. it or try make it better or fix it. Da, 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 da. Uh, but sometimes we need to be willing for people to experience their fear of abandonment, so that yeah. they can step into a different energy themselves. Because if they don't yeah. actually that in themselves and realize it's actually not our job it's your job for you to feel safe it's yeah. your job to feel loved i love you anyway yeah. your job to yeah and, and i i think reactions are normal you change the rules on somebody there's going to be a reaction i i kind of use the freddo frog analogy if you're a two-year-old if you took a two-year-old to the supermarket you gave him a freddo frog every time and then you realized it wasn't healthy for them and you stopped you're going to have maybe the next two or three times, some pretty massive tantrums. So there's just that reaction level. But I also think how you communicate it can soothe it for the other person. Like, I still love you. I'm still in this relationship. I'm just not going to play with this, whatever we've been doing anymore. And, and you know, that can... And then that other person's left to go, okay, yeah, they've reassured me that I'm not being abandoned, but this is my responsibility to deal with, or the rules have changed. And, and, it, and it's okay. It's okay to change the rules. Um, and what I love about this in couples or even in parent-child relationships is the codependency or the enmeshment that isn't healthy um, gets teased out and pulled out and you have a cleaner, lighter relationship as a result. It's, you can come together, you know, without the expectation of you haven't done enough of this or I haven't done enough of this or you usually do this and you usually do this. It can just be about two people connecting. 
because yes. we love each other rather than this is a contract we have to keep playing out. Um, and so some of those contracts, as you know, when I feel into them, they exist from past life stuff can come in, ancestral stuff can come in to be cleared. So sometimes a person needs a bit of healing work behind it to be able to make those changes in relationship. Um, easily anyway um and that will smooth the process a whole lot simpler but so it's amazing to me how often we'll do some of those exercises or activities in a healing session like we might do some cord cutting or whatever and the person will literally ring during the session or following the session because they feel the disconnect in the energy straight away oh my god that person's not meeting my need for that anymore how can i hook them back in you know and it's incredible how often that happens. So yeah. expect that. Expect that as you shift and drop responsibility that you'll either get some resistance or an attempt to hook you back in. Um, it's normal and just have compassion for that with the other person. And if you need to reassure you still love them, do that. You know, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's right, honey. Expect a few tanties. Like, yeah. I know that that's kind of like... Um, Oh, but a self-fulfilling prophecy. But at the same time, I think it's about honouring their process. Because if you, if you thought to yourself, oh, if I think my child's going to have a tanty if I take the Freddo frog off them, you know, it could be feeding that situation or it could be just saying, you know what, I'm being a realist here. It's yeah. actually normal for someone yeah. to... Oh, look, I mean, more of attraction aside, let's be open to the fact the person could just uh, uh, simply and he easily integrate it. But if you get a reaction, then don't be surprised because that's a normal human thing to react to a change in rules. You know, you've just upset the contract. And some of these contracts have existed since the first moment you met or the first time the child was born or, or you know, a long time. And so you're changing the rules, you know, respecting the other person's process is exactly what I mean. You know, this is, uh, it's, it's going to be rocky when you, it's like pushing the baby out of the nest, you know. It's not comfortable for that baby to have to be pushed out of the nest. It mightn't like it. Um, and it might squawk on the way down, but it's it's the best thing for the bird, right? So, and 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 it's the best thing for the mother because she's over it and she's ready to push the baby out of the nest. Yeah, right? it's, it's grow a pair of wings. Grow a pair. It's grow a pair. <laughs> you know, but it's like we've all got to grow a pair of balls, right? And I think yeah. that every relationship is really a, a reflection of a re our relationship with ourselves and spirit. So, you know, if. Yeah. if we have a problem with, you know, someone else's abandonment stuff being triggered, then that's our shit. That's our stuff totally. we're going to deal with, you know. Yeah. Um, we, you know, if we can't hand our people that we love over to spirit and go, you know what, they've got their own divine connection going on, it's none of my bloody business, then that's our problem. If we can't do that, that's our growth. That's something that we can work on, fervently work on, so that we stop putting ourselves in the higher power position for a person because we are not the be all and end all for them. And, and if we don't want to have a mother-child relationship, we need to allow people to step up into their own higher self to be, so we can relate from higher self to higher self. So it's, we stop competing for love and attention and we start to support each other and build each other up so that we start to really build each other up to be the best yeah. we can be. Because let's get on with it, people. You know, this is what, what were we here for? You know, and so allow, allowing our partners to step into that, that their ability to do that is actually a gift we give to them. Not something that we're taking away from them, is it? Totally. Um, you know, and, and some of the, and without you giving that gift, you know, in terms of releasing them from that, you know, and giving, handing the responsibility back to them, they might stay stuck for good. And, and because they love you. So it's an active responsibility to take responsibility. If you want to help others, take responsibility for yourself and drop responsibility for them. And, and I love what you talked about, you know, I'm passionate about that same idea where you, you spoke about um, if you can't handle that they're uncomfortable, then it's your issue, whatever that is, whether that's abandonment or rejection or fear or, or maybe you can't handle like your child is angry and you can't deal with their own anger. Then there's some anger within you that you can't deal with. So everything is a reflection because when we don't have an issue with it, 
we can sit there and just observe our partner do their tantrum and go, oh, they're doing a tantrum, you know? Okay, you know, that's fine. <laughs> it's their right, that's where they're at today and not be hugely triggered by that. And to me, that's relationship freedom. And I think that's been something I've been unconsciously seeking my whole life. Um, and, and I really am creating it now with my friends and my girlfriends and, and a divine partner will come in soon, I'm sure, to create that with. Because it's been, it's such, been such a learning curve for me, that one. You know, and as it is for so many women, to not take on the emotional stuff of their partner or take it personally or, or be rocked by that. And, and this is where our empowerment comes because, like you said, it's time to get on with it. If we can't, these, these relationships that are codependent are one of the things that are keeping women from serving in the world, outside of the world. And that's totally true. And it's one of the ugly sides of our, our world that people won't look at. Like, we're a very codependent society in the way we partner. Um, you know, I recently went to Vietnam by myself and I was shocked at how many people said, you're going by yourself? You know, you're not going with friends? You're not taking the kids? I'm like, no. And it's a safe world and I'll be fine. And my own company is enough. And if I need to find company, it's not that hard to find. Um, and, and for me, when I, when I saw that reaction, I was just really curious about that. I was like, where does that come from? That comes from this, this codependent culture we have, I think. And there's nothing wrong with being in a great relationship where you work as a team and a partnership. You know, I want that. That's fantastic. But you've got to sometimes question where this sits um, in terms of, as a, as a person, are you able to go out there and serve your purpose with or without that person? To me, it shouldn't matter that that person's there or not there. That, and that, that's why the expectations come in. Like if my partner is dealing with his own stuff or her own stuff and can't be there for me, then can I keep moving forward in my life when they're dealing with their stuff? Because if I can't, then I start projecting all this expectation. You should be doing this for me. You should be doing this for me. You should be doing this for me. And it's so uh, unhealthy because the person just can't be there for you at that time. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And that's yeah. okay. And you know what? They're yeah. even better. They're allowed to not be there for you. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. You know, unreasonable expectation to have that uh i mean i have a wonderful relationship i it's my third marriage i've been with my this particular husband uh for uh 10 years this year it's been right. amazing it's it's been 100 percent supportive at every turn so i know it's it's definitely one of those relationships that you know build each other up we we're transparent we share we love we're heart-centered we look for the best in each other rather than pick holes at each other which is awesome but also we have our days where we just feel we're more needy now more, lately when i'm when i'm in my monthlies um tony has been a bit down in his energy and i feel like it's probably related because my etheric body is probably depleted and and there's less energy as well bouncing around and but we've acknowledged that and i've said to him well you're tired I'm tired. It's okay. You know what? I know you normally don't. He, he dopes over me when I'm feeling like that. But it's unreasonable to think that he's always going to have his energy level at that level that I need, you know, to feel nurtured at that time. And I feel like yeah. that's, that's a sign of um, emotional intelligence and yes. so compassion and understanding to understand yeah. It's not a personal rejection or that they don't care enough about you because the reality is is that the moon and the everything has influences on everything so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've really stepped I would have to say for me I've really stepped into doubling up my self-care um, around that time as well for myself yeah, just so totally. I'm not just going into that phase thinking, oh, yeah, Tony, Tony will take care of me, blah, blah, blah. I make yeah. sure I have chocolate if I need chocolate. <laughs> Usually send him out to get yeah, me. there's nothing wrong with a bit of a chocolate prop every now and then. And, and you know why you're using it. And, and that's exactly right, you know. It, it 
it's kind of a gift in a way I find those, you know, particularly when you have those monthly dips because it's forcing you into a self-care phase and it's forcing you into reflection. And their space is a sacred gift in our culture now. You know, people don't create enough space just generally for themselves. And so, I mean, I certainly do create a lot of space for myself, almost self-indulgent in a way. Um, and I feel no guilt about that. Like, you know, it's, it's just what I need and it, it's self-care and, and I think a lot of women have guilt around that too. They have guilt around not being busy the whole time, taking care of everything. You know, it's, it's insane the expectations people have on themselves. And then, of course, because they have those high expectations for themselves, they'll project it onto their partner. Exactly. Um, so I yeah. know we're coming up to the end of our hour soon and I really want to make sure that Pepper can find you and I want to hear what's yeah. up exciting for you this year if there's anything coming up as well yeah um, yeah right yeah so um well for me finding me is easy you can find me on facebook usually um so lee rourke there's a, really only one of me i think r-o-r-k-e o-u there and it's l-e-i-g-h i have a website leerourke.com um if you message me or email me it's me on the other end and so that's lee at leerock.com if you want to email me um i do coaching one-to-one -one. i only take a few clients at a time with one-to-one -one coaching i will have i don't know what program i'm going to run but by march i'll have a program a group online program uh set up and it will be something around either the overgiving patterns of women or the um well, what we talked about too, should I stay or should I go in relationships, healing your stuff first? That's kind of coming to me at the moment. At the moment I have, because um, I'm getting a lot of clients, I always just follow the signs. At the moment I'm developing a set of Oracle cards. So keep an, well, the cards are done. They just need to be printed and all that. So keep your eye out for them. And they are looking, what I love about them is they're coaching cards really. They've got questions on them. And they look at your shadow, your ego, your emotional self, as well as how to stay, what I call soul aligned. So, you know, really energetically aligned and connected to what your soul is and what your purpose is and how to live from that space, which is a heart space because the heart's the centre of it as well. So, um, so that's kind of what I'm passionate about. And one of my programs is just on how to get soul aligned um, and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to turn that one into just a product so I can give it to all my clients. I really kind of consider that foundational. It's foundational information. So I'm a creator as a profile. I love making things, um, and creating things. And, and this year feels like there's a lot of energy available in 2017 for new beginnings, as you know, and for creating. So I still haven't exactly decided what, watch this space, I guess. Facebook's a good way to connect to me um and and i love to write so there's a yeah there, there might be a book as well i don't know i love it because it's a you know giving yourself a wide expansion for whatever wants to come in and that's that's the whole, the whole goal of this show too and i really yeah. enjoy it by the way i really have it's been awesome to get to know you better and um to hear how you see the world and how you work with people and your tips and yeah. things like that. It's been awesome and I've really gotten a lot out of it. Um, right, thanks, Michelle. Yeah. And likewise, likewise. So, yeah, and just um, it's always easy to have a conversation when we're on the same page and understanding around things, but, but when somebody can take it to another level and then you keep unfolding, it's just fun and that's what, that's what you do obviously this is what this is about so yeah thanks for having me on today it's been a joy and fun awesome thank you beautiful bye. thank you bye